0: Behind closed doors. This is b and Movies. I'm Jason. And I'm Michael. Jason, what movie are
1: we talking about
0: today? Today we're going to discuss 1959's Black Pit of Dr. M. Mm. Michael, what are we drinking?
1: Oh boy. We are drinking Howl of Cerberus. It is a porter with cacao nibs and hatch chilies. This beer was sponsored by Wing Walker Brewing. They're a local brewery We've gotten to know over the last couple of years. We've done one of their beers before, a red ale It was outstanding. Absolutely. Uh, this thing is you got the cacao, you got the hatch chili, It's a porter. So you get a little smoke and roast from the porter. You have not had this before. I have not. And I have.
0: Wing Walker is in Monrovia where we live. And my wife and myself have gone down there several times. I have not had this.
1: It's a cool spot. It I, is. I like what they're doing. They do a great, I, what I really love, they do a great variety of beers. And this is one of them. I like this beer. I think it goes great. Cerberus is the three-headed hound that guards the gates of hell. Yes. Uh, so it kind of fits with this movie. You know? yes. we're, we're This is our Shocktober uh, this is a horror movie, and hell is referenced quite a bit in this movie. What, what do you think of this?
0: I like it. It has some heat to it.
1: The Hatch Chilies—it it gives it. It's a steady heat. Yes. It's not too over the top. No. When you smell it, is where I really get the the cacao. You get that kind of chocolatey on the nose, but the heat gets you from from the moment.
0: Yes. It's like yeah, I agree. It has a sweet smell to it. You don't get that peppery smell, but when you drink it, there mm. is a little heat at the end. Cheers. Cheers. delicious beer
1: it really is i could honestly we we like to pair the beer with the movie but also if i was eating like a nice mole sauce with this would be great yeah this is is fantastic thank you so much wing walker they've been cool and supportive absolutely i've gotten to know them i stop by a lot after we record and (laughs) pick stuff up i'm always they get a lot of new stuff out i've been huge fan of theirs i think
0: did we walk there one time
1: we might have walked there i think it was Easter Sunday. I remember we did a lot of walking that day. Oh, because, that's right. Because it, everything was closed. So all right, this is your movie. You yes. picked this. Yes. Let's um, let's get a little first of all spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. We're gonna be talking about this movie. You've been and warned.
0: I had picked this movie up. I came across it. I had never heard about it. I have no exposure to Mexican horror cinema. We do have to point out that this is a subtitled movie. You cannot find a dubbed version of this movie. There is a company called, and also, I'm going to apologize if I butcher Spanish names and titles throughout this. It's Casa Negra, and they remastered this movie. And it has English subtitles. Like I said, it was released in 1959 in Mexico. And then the English dub version appeared in October of 1961 in Los Angeles. It had an odd premise. And I thought, oh, well, it's a B-movie. It's a horror movie. I should give a chance to see around the world different B-movie cinema. The original production company was Alameda Films. They're still active. You can still go onto their website. This is in their library. But yeah, so I thought I'd throw this on the list, particularly for Shocktober. Yeah. (laughs) The remastered version that we're watching, it is beautiful. The person who set the scenes, who filmed it, it has this German expressionistic quality, a very film noir
1: quality. Big big shadows, high contrast lighting. Shadows There's a very dreamlike quality that runs throughout visually. It's surreal.
0: There is definitely some surreal moments with...
1: For me, it's the high point. There's there's some issues. The story is kind of plotting and convoluted for me. Um, for me, it's very much a it's a twist on like that Faustian bargain or the Monkey's Paw. You know, careful what you wish for. You make a wish, you want something to happen.
0: This is a movie about wishing, obsessing over something, and getting, <laughs> getting not, that. not thinking it through.
1: It says this is the end goal, but I'm not thinking about what's going to get me there. It's quite dramatic too. Oh, I mean, it is very dramatic. Right from the start. There is this over-the-top orchestral music. I think you. We both came to this separately. It has very much a vibe of the old Universal black and white mad scientist movies. Has that feel and look? You know, black and white. You have doctors and insanity and obsession. It takes you know.
0: place at a sanitarium
1: you have you have a crazy gypsy yes gypsies are always getting t- picked on in these movies i don't you know i mean i know in real life gypsies can get picked on but it's like there is literally a woman she is crazy violent dangerous and a gypsy
0: they make that quite clear she has hulk like
1: strength <laughs> yes several men are terrified of this woman it's pretty funny we're going to get to that but yeah so we open with the with this over the top orchestral music and We have Dr. Masali, and we have Dr. Aldama, who's on his deathbed. And Dr. Masali is basically, like, inches from the man's face, harassing him on his deathbed.
0: He is browbeating Dr. Aldama. And he is saying, remember, you made a promise. You have to agree to this promise that you... Made. a year ago. You cannot forget this. And it is really intense and it's focused on their face and you got a poor guy he's dying. Like it's his dying breath. It,
1: from the start, this movie the plot and the storytelling is extremely convoluted. I think it sets the stage immediately because we don't know what he's talking about. No. It feels after watching it over and over, it feels like we start the movie fifteen minutes into the movie. There's no backstory and I think that would have helped out a lot. You just have no idea What's going on? I think that is one of the things the film suffers from. We end up finding out what he's talking about, but it would have been better, I think, to tell the story instead yeah. of being told.
0: All we know is that the sanitarium is in ruins 15 years after this event. Yes. Because the opening scene is this decrepit, gothic, right like we said, out of Universal Horror Movies sanitarium. And they said 15 years before... A scientist was trying to answer that question that we all want to answer.
1: To. Yeah, that's the other thing: is science? They keep referencing, they keep going on and on about science, and this is scientific. It's scientific, but they're not. They're dealing in the world of the supernatural, which is most certainly not scientific. But they sort of interchange scientific, and supernatural are one and the same.
0: He's arguing a philosophical question, like what happens after you die? He's like, we're going to treat this like science.
1: We find out that's what he's talking to Dr. Aldama about, is that they believe that they're able to go into the afterlife and then come back into the flesh. So basically you're able to die, go find the secrets beyond life, and then return.
0: They articulate what the promise was. The one who dies first must find the way to come back so the other one could come back from the other world without dying. For science, then possible is always within the realm of the possible.
1: One of the things I love is when he's haranguing Aldama. There's a woman, I don't know if she's a nun, a nun or a, there's a woman who's sort of praying yes. over over the deathbed, but she actually tells Masali, hey, stop bother- yeah. harassing that dude on his he's deathbed. Dying. Yes, which I think, you know, he's so, like... I don't know what the word a misanthrope or just so self-absorbed that if someone has to tell you to stop harassing someone on their deathbed, you're just not a good person. This is a man who's like he has very little humanity in himself. He
0: is egotistical. He's obsessive. I don't think that Aldama and Dr. Masali, these two doctors, that clearly were working together at the sanitarium. I do not think they were friends.
1: Again, I think we would have been better served if- had they had a couple scenes before that built up to this moment instead of starting with this moment because we are left to sort of speculate a lot when I don't think that's a... That's not good storytelling in a way.
0: And so you have in this scene, you have Dr. Masali now as our... I don't know if you want to consider him our protagonist, but you have his conscious in Dr. Gonzalez who always questions like, you really want to go through with this.
1: Yeah, he seems the most scientific to me. Dr. Masali keeps saying science and yeah. the supernatural are basically inter- interchangeable. And he talks about if you do this and it doesn't work, your soul will be eternally damned. That's not how a scientist speaks. And Dr. Gonzalez, it does approach things. Yeah. Also, Dr. Gonzalez is always wearing the scientist's lab coat.
0: <laughs> At this point, I should say that the English title is Black Pit of Dr. M. The title in Spanish, and I'm going to butcher this, is Mysterios de Ultra Tumba, which translates Mysteries of the Afterlife, which would be a far more appropriate
1: title for this movie. It actually makes sense. <laughs> the only thing we've talked about this, Mysteries of the Afterlife... I- isn't that scary of a time? black wow. the black pit yeah, of uh, Dr. M has a little more gotcha on the poster. It's got a poll to Mysteries it. Mysteries yeah, of the yeah, afterlife, afterlife is I mean, who knows? Yeah, but that might I, be an it, episode. Even though yeah. it makes sense. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But again, it goes to, you know, you got two different titles. Yeah. And then if you got two exactly. titles. Exactly. <laughs> you're dealing with a B movie. So, so we get a seance. Again, how scientific is a seance? It's where he's trying to contact Dr. Aldama, and say, again, he harasses the man on his deathbed, and then he harasses the man in the afterlife. And and
0: it's the day of his funeral. They're transposing between (laughs) scenes where it's the burial scene at night. Very eerie. That shot of lowering the casket and looking up at these men standing as a reason, you know, I'm not Catholic, so but it's the the rosary prayer, Hail Mm -hmm. Mary, full of grace. I found that shot to be a fantastic shot, but he's like you said, harassing him on yes. his funeral day. Not <laughs> giving
1: the guy one moment's peace. What do you think's going to happen? This dude is being harassed by you, and, and he is in the afterlife. He might not do the nice things that you want. He might have some tricks up his sleeve. I mean, if you're bugging me a lot, I'm not I'm not going to just hand out favors. And aldonla says he does show up, and he says, Dude, it can happen, but there's a serious price. And Masali doesn't
0: care. No, and right. he gives him explicit dates.
1: November 15th.
0: At 9 o'clock in the evening, three months from now, a door will close in front of you, opening the doors of the beyond.
1: It will close inexorably. The word inexorably shows up (laughs) a lot in this movie. Aldama tells him, through the medium, who's hosting the seance, from this moment forward, everything is going to be leading you to this destiny. Life for you right now is all going to be going to this moment, November 15th, which starts the ball and what I think it makes this movie kind of a tragedy because everything that happens now is just a, a step towards that. So, And there's something that happens that's kind of a big deal for the movie and it's a tragedy because somebody is caught up in this. This game between two powerful men, two powerful kind of selfish men, just kind of abusing people.
0: And it reminds me, I know we've covered some film noir and it reminds me, Dr. Masali, he reminds me of a film noir character. Because at this point, he is trapped by fate. There's only one way everything is going to lead to this. And at the same time, he begins to recognize it. Dr. Gonzalez, several times in the movie, he's like, hey, you can leave this adventure now. And he's like, no, 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 no. He's obsessive, you'd find in some film noir characters, where it's a dark spiral into a black pit.
1: <laughs> he does have the option out. Yep. He does have the opt-out yep. that not all film noir characters have. Yep. You know, because a lot of times they're trapped by circumstances yes. outside their control. He has more control yep. than your average noir character. And the o- other thing is, you all you often feel sympathy for that noir character. Yep. I feel zero sympathy for this man. He has an escape clause that seems pretty simple. I just don't want to do it. Exactly. That seems to be all he has to do. Is just and he has
0: a he has a date that that's down there. Like he has an exact date
1: at any point. Yeah. Somebody somebody says, Jason, November fifteenth, nine p.m. <laughs> Everything will change, unless you say you don't want that to happen.
0: And that medium, that shot of close-up on her face, which just focusing on her lips as she's speaking the words of Dr. Aldama, that was a very surrealistic scene. I don't speak Spanish, Michael, so it's hard for me to do a little research on some of these actors and actresses, but that actress, Beatrice Aguirre, she is the official dubbed voice for Angela Lansbury when they translated murder she wrote and she acted until she passed away in 2019 and she won Mexico has these awards called the aerial awards it's equivalent to Oscars and she won um, an aerial award in 1993
1: but we get to another of the very surreal scenes we get to the dancing scene we're introduced to Eduardo and he's an intern not a doctor <laughs> and Patricia there's this dance scene and it, it's supposed to be in this cafe, this club, but it's it's like nothing you've ever seen. It's a big sound stage. It's just there's no there's no detail in anything. There are tables. Everything's on the same level. They're all on a floor, and there's dancing is going on.
0: And it's expansive room.
1: Patricia's dancing. Eduardo's there with some friends, and they're watching. And he is just very intensely watching Patricia. And she does a twirl up to the table. And when she sees him, there's this kind of shocked look on her face you see that there's a recognition and then she leaves the, the floor and he starts talking about her and telling his friends, I've been dreaming about this woman and he has never seen her. More of this mystical, this kind of subplot that goes on between these two doesn't really do much for the story. I mean, when you really think about it in the end, but Patricia is sufficiently freaked out by seeing him that she decides she's done with this whole dancing bit. She's going to pack up and, and boogie.
0: That... Remind me of a Salvador Dali painting, the way they yeah. frame that club.
1: There's a lot of just surreal dreamlike images in this movie. like To the point where I kept thinking, is this whole movie going to be someone's dream? dream? Patricia decides she's packing up. Her boss is, is pretty bummed uh-huh. because she's a good dancer and brings people in. Uh-huh. Then she drops a little necklace.
0: That necklace comes off supernaturally. I feel bad because we'll realize Patricia is Dr. Aldama's daughter. They had no relationship we have this version of Dr. Masali where we think he's obsessive. We, he's an unlikable character. But Dr. Aldama, I'm thinking, he's just as bad. Maybe that's why they worked so well at that sanitarium together because he involves his daughter in a plot that clearly he believes things are going to work out because he's in the afterlife. Well, he's
1: manipulating work. everything. Yeah. But so he's he, putting
0: his daughter in harm's way.
1: He shows up, doesn't say who he is, yeah. but he says, you know, Dr. Aldama was your dad. Look inside your locket. Open this locket. There's a key in there. You take it to this place. It's going to prove all this. Meanwhile, Eduardo wants to meet her, and he finds the necklace. And that glass falls onto that necklace. Yeah, it falls and breaks. Yeah, it's all leading him, all leading these little fates to come together. So Patricia, she listens to the dude, and she boogies on over to the uh, Asilo de las Mercedes, which is the asylum where Masali works. She's got the key.
0: That's going to serve as our identification. We're finally back at that sanitarium. And it's opening up with a woman screaming in hysterics in a cell fighting with orderlies. Dr. Gonzalez is trying to calm her down.
1: Because there's an injection. Yeah. I got to do an injection. But Masali, he's trying a different therapy. He's got a music box.
0: And he's saying in five minutes playing this music box... Will calm her down.
1: It does immediately. Yeah. Everybody thinks this is a very dangerous individual. Yeah.
0: Music hath charms to soothe the savage beast, and in fact, the actual term is music has charms to soothe the savage breast, meant heart. And I'm, I'm questioning Dr. Masali's technique, where it's a sanitarium. And first of all, he believes in the supernatural and seances, and he's like, no, 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 medicine, no, no, no. Yeah. Music box. He's, That's he's how trying, gonna he's to
1: He's going to yeah. <laughs> cure her with this. And we also, we meet Elmer, who's the orderly, who's a real, he's a linchpin to this whole story. Yeah. And Masali says, hey, everyone, get out. I'm going to lead her into this room, another room. The treatment room. And basically, everyone's saying, if that music stops, she's going to go crazy.
0: And we get a break with a focus on a large knocker. On a door. And I thought about young Frankenstein. Oh, yeah. <laughs> because they bang that. on the door. And Patricia.
1: She showed up the the asylum to see Dr. Masali. Yeah. But he's busy.
0: So she's going to wait. And th- this is a scene, Michael, I didn't understand. It's framed great where the candelabras in the foreground. And then she slowly walks to the piano. And she starts sitting down and playing the piano. And there's a mirror behind her. And then she gets a sense in... It's just a shadow. Does Dr. Aldama appear in that room That's realm, what listening? I think.
1: I thought that too. And this is where I start thinking maybe the gypsy was her mom or something. Yeah, exactly. Because we do a dissolve. She gets up, her eyes are wide, very surprised that look. brassy
0: orchestra music goes. Yes,
1: and then we, we dissolve to the gypsy's eyes. Yeah. And Dr. Gonzalez has some very prescient words where he tells Dr. Basali yeah. that the gypsy will be his death.
0: He pulls her back into the treatment room with the music box, sets the music box down, sends some orderlies about, and Do- the orderlies pass Dr. Aldama.
1: Aldama shows up for one purpose. Yeah. To close that music to close box. Close that music box. And she does. It's like a switch is flipped as soon as that thing stops. She oh. blows all of her fuses. That
0: treatment room gets destroyed by staff. And, and, and I, a lot of people in this I'm
1: movie. really curious why there was a jar of acid. I was
0: going to ask you that same
1: question. Like, in I don't know a psychiatric what. Psychiatric
0: institution.
1: Just laying out there, she's trashing the joint. Doctor Gonzalez goes to ring the the alarm. Yeah. Elmer is like trying to stop her. Masali does nothing. He stands in the corner, scared. Does nothing to help. Poor Elmer is trying to stop this woman, and she grabs this jar of acid, tosses it on his face. Ends happen. up disfiguring yeah. him. This whole music thing is over. They're <laughs> going to throw her in a cell. There's just all these cells with arms. It's, very a, it's a Very surreal it's a, moment. Yeah, it's a very terrifying. Yeah.
0: And I didn't think Dr. Masali, so I didn't take it that he was scared. What I took it was this uncaring attitude towards things. I just thought that he sat back. He's like, you know what? I'm going to see what's going to happen.
1: I watched his face yeah. and, and I saw a man that was scared.
0: His ego, his obsessive thinking like, "Oh, my music box therapy is going to work." That is part of this mechanation because that leads to the downfall of poor Elmer.
1: If you go back, Aldama said, from the moment of the seance on, everything is going to be about getting you to that moment. And so Elmer is just a pawn. Again, two powerful men, Aldama and Masali, the two doctors who are like, you know, big wigs. Sort of just playing with everyone's lives yeah. as if they're just toys. This poor Elmer is horribly disfigured and it makes him insane. Yeah. Less horrifying than, than just sad.
0: Yeah. And Patricia this whole time is waiting still in Dr. Masali's
1: orders. I, I mean, who shows up?
0: It's the intern, Eduardo, Eduardo. And you know that there is dreamlike quality when that organ music appears. And he shows up, and he's basically going to be the new intern at this sanitarium. There's a brief aside where you see Elmer on a gurney with his face all wrapped up, and you're like, oh my gosh, like that guy is going to suffer a they lot. They did a quick surgery. <laughs> yeah. and, and it
1: was. And it's interesting, Jason, because in that moment, they hold on Dr. Gonzalez, and you can see that he's thinking, he's pondering. To me, it's very clear. He's thinking back to the seance, and he's thinking about how Everything is going to lead to something else. Every time I watched it, I went, that's what he's thinking about in that moment. He's going, how is this going to play into later? And and Masali, meanwhile, is going, "Eh, I'm going to go take a nap. That surgery was, (laughs) was difficult. That poor man I watched get burned.
0: So he finally goes down and he meets Eduardo and he sends Eduardo on his way and he meets Patricia. And Patricia there and says, hey, I'm... Dr. Aldama's daughter. And he's like, what? And even Dr. Gonzalez is now there, and he's like, They're who?
1: both just scoffing. Yes. No, you're not. What are you doing? And, and she-,
0: she says, this man came and visited me in my apartment. He said, I should bring this key here, and this will prove that I am who I say I am. Dr. Masali, he's like, let's so go up go. to Dr. Aldama's room and, and see if there's a... And there's a box. Up.
1: There's a box and they open it and there's, oh, here's your birth certificate. Yeah. He just takes a birth certificate. <laughs> doesn't even look at her and says, here's your birth yeah, yeah. certificate. So they believe her apparently. And then some jewelry. And then there's this knife. Pa- even Patricia says... That, well, that was downstairs. Yeah, a second ago. And Dr. Gonzalez and Dr. Masali are looking at each other. Oh, this is interesting. That knife was downstairs. It's not supposed to be here. And it has this wonderful quote that says, May the fire of hell consume the one who uses me for evil. <laughs> I don't know who puts that on a knife. Or a letter. Because I'm thinking this is just a letter opener. It, 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 it is. I think it might be a letter opener. But it's such an odd quote. Like If somebody gives you a gift and they say, I was really thinking of you, Jason. Yeah. And it's... May the fire of hell consume the one who uses me for evil. They're like, Patricia, what's going on? Yeah. You know, who is this? And she says, is there a picture of my, a portrait of my dad in there? I've never seen him. And they go, What?
0: In that opening scene on the deathbed <laughs> of Dr. Aldama, you realize that portrait is covered off this side. They did such a good job layering everything. So when you got to this point, they're like, and Dr. Masali takes off the cover on the portrait.
1: And it's the dude that she that came and talked to her. And she and, said, that's yeah, him. That's and him. And like, she goes, that's Dr. Aldama, bro.
0: That's your dad.
1: And she passes out. Because,
0: of course, it's... That's what happens in gothic romances, gothic horror stories. The woman has vapors. The
1: fairer (laughs) sex, I suppose. And she is very much that. She is a stereotypical, it's not a good female character. She's not a strong female character. She's just basically the damsel in distress.
0: Dr. Gonzalez, he he senses all this. and, And he says, you should pull out of this adventure. These things are happening and you have a chance. And he's like, no, 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 no. No, that's, that's okay. The next scene you see, and before we jump into the next scene, because it's, it's the only outdoor scene in the bright sunlight because it's a date scene.
1: Before we go on, I'm just going to go ahead and say this beer is like, as it warms a little bit, I'm getting a heck of a lot more flavor, which isn't surprising, you know, with a porter or something. But the Howl of Cerberus, there's going to be some howling. Yes. Like, like between the gypsy <laughs> howling and then... Elmer There's a
0: scene where it's completely gothic Where I forget what happens But you hear the howl of a wolf on it in the
1: background It's that one scene You're right, yeah
0: (laughs) Wing Walker's cans, I've always been impressed with the artwork they have on their cans.
1: There's a lot of literary. The one we had before was Erica the Hungry. It was, a, was it Erica Red the El. Hungry. The Red Ale. That was delicious. Delicious, yeah. It's a cool little place. They do some fun stuff. I mean, they have live music. They've just got a, a wood-fired pizza oven. Again, if you're out in this area, Monrovia is a, a charming little town. A, I believe so. You live here and you, you <laughs> can vouch for that. They A lot of movies were filmed here over yes. the years. I'm just a fan. Thank you again because uh, yeah, the, they the, sponsor the show. Hatch Chilies are.
0: Oh, yeah. It's excellent.
1: This is great. I've turned a couple friends onto this beer.
0: And this is something like I, I could drink a couple of these. It's 4.5%.
1: I kind of appreciate yeah. that. Yeah. The heat is not bothersome to me. I kind of like it. I enjoy spice. Yeah. And what I like is sometimes, like, there. I've had a couple beers where they throw in, like, those really crazy like scorpion peppers and it's almost you can't drink it yeah ghost (laughs) chili and you can't really drink it you're you're going this is you have a taste of it and it just burns this thing has a steady heat it's it's really enjoyable this would be this would be a great like winter day beer you don't get it out here, but where I'm from, where there's snow. Like if you were, if you're taking a little trip and there was some snow, and you had a four pack of this, you go. I'm not going outside today. Even
0: a you know a cold day in uh, Monrovia in December, you could walk down there.
1: You get rain. You <laughs> yeah. get, oh, I'm telling you, if you had a fireplace and a rainy day and a four pack of this, nice. This is good. Nice, nice warm pretzel. I bet would be great with this yeah. too. No, oh, this is a great, fantastic beer, uh, Wing Walker. Thank you. We will, uh, we will be seeing you oh, soon. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so we're at the church scene, which is interesting, because Masali's, he's doing the hard pitch to Patricia about, you should What's
0: stay. your plans for the yeah. future?
1: Art and science are the same, yeah. is pretty much what he's saying. You don't have to leave. And she said, hey, I came yesterday, I'm leaving today. Yeah. That's it, dude. And he says, no, you should stay on. He's like, you can graduate in a year, you can become a nurse. Why not try that? And then she sees a church, and she says, oh, look, a church. And I don't know if he's a vampire or what, but he gets this look on his face. He goes, I can't go to that church. Yeah. I don't know what's going on there, if it's a science thing, but there was definitely a moment his reaction to the church was something you would get in a vampire movie.
0: So my thought on that scene is he beginning to realize that he tampered with something that's out of his control and that if he went in the church that it would further damn him. I mean, that's my thinking because he clearly says, I'm not going there.
1: He says something about he has some work or something, but it's clear by his reaction, it's clear by his face, that there's something beyond that. And and I don't, maybe it's, because he is supposed to be like the man of science, maybe he sort of sees religion as, you know, what, what is it, the opiate of the masses yeah. or something, you know? Maybe it's something as simple as that, where he just goes, religion, ah, I'm a man of science. I'm gonna go do a seance. I'm gonna go participate <laughs> in a seance. communicate with the afterlife, but your church, whatever, dude. Because up until the end, Jason, he doesn't seem affected. He doesn't seem to really think about the choice he made. He doesn't have a lot of self-reflection. He's like, this might be a bad idea. I didn't get the vibe that he thought, boy, I made a weird decision.
0: He is obsessed with one question. What goes on in the afterlife? Doesn't Which is a universal die. question. He doesn't want to die. He wants to be able to come back. And that, he's so obsessed with that, that's all he could focus on. So Patricia goes into the church... And she is going to pray and it's a great shot because all of a sudden her necklace, a hand appears with the necklace that she dropped and it's Eduardo. They continue this outside date. So Patricia actually has two dates in this scene. <laughs> she starts with Dr. Masali. She ends with Eduardo. So Patricia and Eduardo are discussing and she actually confesses to him that she dreamed of him as well. And that everything is going so well from her. She feels frightened because she feels an approaching storm is coming. That things can't be this good. There's a surreal change because all of a sudden the face on the screen is Elmer's bandaged face with his roving eye and it's a close-up of his face.
1: So yeah Dr. Gonzalez is cutting off the bandages and we're going to find out just the extent of the damage done to Elmer and it's pretty bad. When he takes the bandages off Dr. Gonzalez turns away. You just see, he's he's heartbroken for this guy. He turns away because it's not good. And Elmer walks over to a mirror, and you just, you hear this gut-wrenching scream. It drives him insane. Dr. Gonzalez is saying, hey man, you know, it's, it's okay. And, uh, and it's easy to say when you're not the person with his face is melted on one side. It's very much like the Two-Face thing. It's over for Elmer.
0: As a practical effect, they did a pretty decent job.
1: It, it really is. You kept kind of waiting for something to, to laugh at, <laughs> but I went, oh, this is for a low budget. Whoever did this did a pretty darn good job. Elmer just, he leaves. Screaming. Screaming, and- just lum- lumbering, lunging like a beast. He describes himself as a beast, and he moves and behaves like a beast.
0: <laughs> there, there's not a lot of security at this sanitarium. No.
1: Because <laughs> a gypsy... It is pretty she, hilarious.
0: She is inside her cell, and she is gouging away at the door frame because that's one good way if you can't push down the door gouge out the door frame and the door's gonna
1: fall she's got a huge hunk of metal and she's just bashing on the door and nobody (laughs) nobody no one nobody nobody can't be bothered what's all that what's going on in that insane gypsy's room
0: and then next what happens is things come to the head and we're jumping scene after scene as we're coming to closer and closer to this November 15th date at 9 p.m. where – Doctor Masali is playing the violin. He's showing off for Patricia. He's showing off. It's <laughs> but, a,
1: pretty impressive. No, I don't play no. the violin, but it looks like it's not an easy piece to play. My
0: girls came in and they heard the violin play cuz one plays a violin, one plays a viola and they're like, "Dad, that's some pretty good violin
1: play." <laughs> yeah, and to the point that it, they do they do a shot you it's clear that the the actor maybe can play a little bit, but they do a shot That fingering is they, not him. They do a shot where it's <laughs> It's pretty amazing. It's Patricia and then it's just the the violin. You yeah. don't see who it is but the person is playing yeah. pretty hot fiddle <laughs> but you know patricia she wants to go and he's just he's doing the whole show off thing you know yeah. it's the guy the teenager who's playing a van halen eruption yeah. for, for the girl <laughs> trying to impress her you know she's bouncing in her chair she's trying to get out because eduardo's waiting for in the her. courtyard and meanwhile the gypsy after gouging has finally escaped She is pretty powerful. She is. I wouldn't mess with her. And so Eduardo's hanging out in the courtyard waiting for Patricia. And you can see she's like, i gotta, got to find a break in this. But Masali's just jamming away. I'm going to make you fall for me with my fiddle playing. And Dr. Gonzalez shows up, which is the perfect opportunity for Patricia to go, oh, great. I'm going for a walk.
0: And she heads out to the courtyard and makes out with Eduardo. And Eduardo's like, you got to tell... Doctor Masali. At the same time, Elmer gets back to his apartment in the city, and that's a desolate-looking city. And he puts gloves on. He apparently has plans, intent, and there is a weird like—is that a skull that's in pieces on it? I mean, that was a really weird
1: adornment. I guess it's one of those things that you might see in a uh, like a doctor's office or something. Maybe it's like if he was a, an orderly, yeah. he might have been studying. So he has that as a model of the human skull or maybe he's into phrenology <laughs> something. It was odd. Yeah. I mean it's
0: it's odd and it's creepy it, and, and it gives you a feeling that Elmer's going to be up to. I mean he's mad now.
1: Well, it's funny that he puts on the gloves because I, at this time I mean we I don't think there were fingerprints that were <laughs> a kind of thing but it just showed that he's he's made a decision. His life he feels his life is ruined and over and there's one reason for it. And meanwhile the gypsy's like creeping around. It's really creepy. She's creeping around the grounds and you and I really thought she was gonna kill Eduardo or Patricia So did I. I thought one of them and in fact they almost they do this awesome where Patricia is finally decided she's gonna go tell Doctor Masali I'm I'm gonna stick around, but I'm into this Eduardo guy. Yeah. And as she's walking to the door, the gypsy's creeping up behind her, getting closer with her arms out. Like, she's clearly going to choke Patricia to death. I kind of thought she was going to get her. And part of me kind of hoped. Just to be like, no, I mean, just in the sense of, like, that would be a cool twist if she did murder her. But she rings the bell, and the gypsy's like, ooh, I can't kill her now. I don't know why. The gypsy, suddenly, she's just this psychotic, but then she makes, like, a smart decision there.
0: And Dr. Gonzalez is reminding Dr. Masale at the time, it's 25 minutes until, like, game. Are you still, you want to go through with this? And Dr. Masali turns turns to him and says, you know what? The only thing that would change is the fact that I am deeply in love with Patricia now. And if she would return this love, I might not pursue this. So he finally mentions a way out. Patricia shows up and they're about to have this big discussion. He's going to reveal to Patricia, I love you, stay with me. And she's going to reveal to him, um, you know that handsome intern, Eduardo, you have?
1: And you you uh, can tell. She comes in. She's like, I gotta tell you something. And, yeah, and he thinks, oh, she's going to profess her love, love me. for me. Yeah, because I'm so great. But before <laughs> any of this can happen, Gonzalez shows up, goes, dude, that gypsy so is she, out of control. She, she busted the, the hinges. <laughs> we got to call our hinge guy. Because yeah. <laughs> she's out and
0: about. And then the gypsy woman is looking at this door Into Dr. Masali's office The dream organ music comes up And those doors open supernaturally for her And she walks in And it has a creaking door sound
1: like Oh yeah, the obligatory creaking door (laughs) And meanwhile Elmer The
0: the music box opens and settles her nerves While she's inside there
1: And Elmer's on on the scene I mean, he's going to kill the gypsy That's That's why he has the gloves on He's going to be a strangler He's insane, he's lost his mind now he does just that. He shows up, strangles her, grabs that charming knife. Well, that knife
0: falls, falls. supernaturally from the desk. It falls into his grasp. Of-
1: he stabs her. There's screaming. That Masali hears it and he and he goes, "Oh, I'm going to go over there." It divorces itself from logic and in re- reality. He goes and he finds the gypsy dead and Elmer sneaks away and Gonzalez and all these nurses and orderlies are going there, but the door slams shut in front of them. Closing inexorably, <laughs> as the fortune said. At 9 p.m. Exactly. The- November 15th. So they go in, and there's Masali holding the dead gypsy. And everybodys just, they just go, basically, you're guilty. And he looks at me, he gets this, that look, and he's like, yeah, I see how this is. <laughs> Everyone thinks I'm guilty. And, and I'm thinking, whoa, it, that that was quick. Jump to major conclusions we, there, right? I mean, let's go through a couple <laughs> things like motive. You know, what's the motive? This is the doctor. He's been trying to cure her. I can think of somebody who has a motive. Yeah. But nobody got... We jumped to... He's been, he's been convicted and you put on death row.
0: While Dr. Masali is in jail, Elmer feels guilty. So he's going to write an urgent letter <laughs> and say, I, in fact, am the one who murdered... The crazy gypsy woman.
1: Not on Aldama's watch. He's yeah.
0: not. And so before he can walk out of his apartment, I I think he has a heart attack. That's the only dies thing I could think of. Or really, a
1: stroke? Perhaps a stroke? Was that a
0: dummy? Because that looked like the actor fell down those no, steps. I, I'm if, like, oh my god!
1: If, if it wasn't the actor, I think it was a stunt man. Because I think that was a real person that did not have the flop of a dummy. Th- that was a real. And I watched that over and over, and I went. Holy crap. That, that is a, that is a dangerous stunt. A stunt. That was. A, and I, I really do. I think it was either the actor or it was a stunt person. I think it was a real person falling down those stairs. And that was scary. That was. That was the I'm... scariest thing in the whole movie. <laughs> I mean seriously because
0: every time I watched that movie several times now too, that caught me. I was like, Man, that that looks really dangerous what they did. <laughs>
1: Absolutely. And I hope And there's the no cutscene. Like you I, literally yeah. watched
0: the guy fall down the steps.
1: I hope they were okay, but it wouldn't surprise me if that person walked away with some damage. Yeah. And so the, he's dead and, and, and the, the the letter goes Woo Obama's like, Not no, no. Yeah. I've got plans. And, and they still involve you again. The tragedy of Elmer. It is it, to me. It's just so sad. What Because he seemed like
0: a nice guy.
1: He was a little high strung, yeah. but it's like he was trying to do a job. Yeah, he, had a, he just had a job trying to live his life in his little room, maybe studying, like studying this human skull and like trying to advance himself. And he gets caught up in like games of the rich and powerful.
0: Yeah. The Eduardo, the intern, is called in to sign the death certificate on Elmer.
1: Everything happens super fast yeah. in this town. The day you die is the day you're buried. Yeah. <laughs> he's
0: buried in a pauper grave with no coffin. Just buried, like, that's kind of it. important. Yeah, he's not an important, an important person. Little, he doesn't well, have it's, money. It's
1: an important detail, though, yeah. that he's not in a coffin. They exactly. just throw dirt on you. Which, I mean, I wouldn't really care. i guess if I'm dead, I'm dead. But it just seems like they treat you like an animal. There's no pomp and circumstance. No. There's no praying. Not like when Aldama died, everyone's standing yeah. around praying. They just drop this guy in a hole and throw dirt over him. Dr. Masali, he's now in prison. Gonzalez shows up to his cell and he's like, oh, is that like a letter from the governor or whatever? Yeah. Well, it's like, no, no, no. They're, they're just going to come watch you die. Yeah. They're like, not coming to All party. your appeals have failed. <laughs> oh, that's a bummer. He's like, oh, this is Dr. Aldama. Yeah. He's going to help me out. Yeah.
0: He believes the plan will save him from the gallows. He's not going to die. Some of those scenes that they frame with the cell door opening with the lines and when he's looking up shouting out at the sky with Dr. Gonzalez in the back so well and I think the reason why they jumped all those conclusions is because Dr. Masali is not a nice doctor they're like yeah, he's probably killed some guys before, so yeah. we're probably gonna sign <laughs> on the fact that...
1: You had to do this for the plot, but it still, the guy who was trying to cure this woman with music, somehow he's just gonna decide, I'm gonna stab this woman to death.
0: It's a plot convenient.
1: He keeps thinking is gonna yeah. like sort this out, and when he gets he finally gets to the gallows, which they have a shot of the gallows, which is pretty cool, yeah. with the oh, high, oh. high contrast of the lighting Amazing. passing these huge shadows, and he gets there, and he realizes Aldama is not come to save him, and he just starts calling him a traitor screaming and yelling and they hang him and then as soon as the floor falls out from under masali and he's hung he's dead he's put in elmer's body this is the monkey's paw because you're supposed to be able to go into the afterlife and come back in the flesh it doesn't say what flesh though elmer rises from the grave but it's Masali,
0: and they do a great job rising for the grave. But that was—they did a good job. That Was pretty and, creepy, and the light lighting of him walking that. That cemetery—I've never been to a cemetery that's on a hill where your graves are buried. Not—they don't try to level the hill. They're like literally buried in the hill. No, <laughs> it, it was odd.
1: interesting. Everything was like raised up. It's a cool little scene of him coming back Masali's wake, which is the same day he's yeah. hung, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> This is really funny how all this works and meanwhile, you know, everybody's there they're praying the same woman from yep. the beginning is praying, everyone's the medium, praying yeah. there. Elmer shows up. Yeah, this it's is- Dr. Masali. And we know this because he starts jamming on the violin, exactly. the same tune with the flying fingers and everybody's going, "Whoa, is that a ghost?" Gonzalez and Eduardo go into the room and Gonzalez loses it. He just snaps because he realizes this. I've been following this story. He's like, I've been, I've been following this podcast, and I, I knew it was going to lead to this because he knows Masali is the only one who plays that.
0: At the same time, the women who are back in the room of the wake, Doctor Aldama, his spirit appears. I don't know enough enough about wakes, but he leant over and blew out the candles on the table, and then Dr. Masali's portrait falls forward with a letter attached.
1: It's at the exact moment when Patricia and the other woman are going to go in the other room. Yes. So he's saying, no, 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 you stay here. Yeah. They find the letter. Eduardo, he gets the letter. Masali is telling them, I'm Masali, this, and Gonzalez believes him. Eduardo doesn't know. He thinks it's it's Elmer. He doesn't know what's going on. But he gets the letter and he comes in and and Masali says, one thing, he wants Patricia. He loves her. He's crazy. I want to live. I want her. I love her. And he said, the other thing is, there's a vow I made at the moment of death. I'm going to find the person who killed that gypsy. (laughs) Whoa. (laughs) Again, monkey's paw. So Eduardo comes in with the letter. He goes, bro. Here's your death certificate. Yeah. I'm tearing it up. Now you're legally alive, yeah. which is just awesome. <laughs> that's that, that, that's that, how law works. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. 1950s Mexico. Who the heck knows? But, I mean, it'd be great if you just tore up a death certificate. And he says, like, I got alive this letter. Again. He's like, you are the murderer. Yeah. You killed that gypsy. You confess. You confess. Masali is... A little off himself. Yeah. And he went into the body and the brain of a man who was also psychotic. Yeah. So this is a crazy person. Yeah. You're dealing with a crazy resurrected person.
0: And he runs and he grabs Patricia.
1: Yeah. He's like, dude, I, he's like, I love you. I love you. I love you.
0: And she's like, whoa, <laughs> no. So you know what his solution is? I'm going to ass in your face. I'm going to take you to that treatment room. At this point, they're like, oh my gosh, are they really going to throw? Dr. Aldama put his... Daughter, who clearly didn't care for because he didn't contact her after he was dead. Not quite the best father. He's not going to win any awards in my
1: book. Well, she even says at one point she'd never seen a portrait yeah. because she said her mom burned. <laughs> so you're right. It's like he was a bad person. Yeah. He put her into this plot yeah. that he had with Masali. And you're right. He says, I'm going to teach you why they say, you know, be. You know, beauty is in the soul. Yeah. And the only thing I can teach you is by <laughs> pouring acid out on of your face. face. And I also would say, after the Elmer incident, I might say, acid. guys, let's stop keeping this horrible acid. But Eduardo breaks in and they get into this fight. He ends up setting Elmer uh, Masali on fire, <laughs> runs out into the courtyard, screaming, burning, falls down. He's dead. They put him out. Gonzalez and the orderlies are standing there. For a moment, you see Masali's body over Elmer's. This is one of my favorite parts. Gonzalez says, Does anyone know how to pray? <laughs> if you had to, you know how to pray. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody knows how to pray. You know, but cracked me up that he had to ask
0: that. And it's the one time. I imagine that in the late fifties, that pyrotechnic skill of setting someone on fire—it's the one time we do see a little of the effect. When Elmer's running out, you can see the actor briefly is wearing like a gas mask. Yeah, because I'm like, man, they set that guy. On fire.
1: I mean, dude, even <laughs> even today, that stuff's dangerous. <laughs> Pretty intense ending.
0: And and then there's a little voiceover. What is there then beyond death, and why should we really pursue it? Because eventually. We're all gonna know the answer, and I thought that oh, movie is really kind of a downer <laughs> ending. <laughs>
1: yeah, a man burns to death,
0: <laughs> and, a, and a man who I felt sorry for, like he, he was like I said, involved it, in these machinations of these two men, and
1: it's just that old tale, like like rich, powerful men oh. just using people yeah. as, as like pawns in some yeah. stupid game, you know, like trading places. Yeah. We're just gonna mess with these people's lives because we can.
0: And the only so, positive is that Eduardo and Patricia no doubt are gonna be together, but they're not gonna be together at this sanitarium. This has no. some bad bad vibes to it now.
1: Absolutely. I mean there's you know, good good reason that they probably shut it down. <laughs> Well,
0: I'm questioning Doctor Masali and Doctor Aldama's their psychiatric technique after seeing what goes on
1: here. Well, yeah, but I mean, <laughs> at the same time, the the music therapy was I'm I'm all aboard on that. I mean, it's like better than shock treatment or just jamming people, you know, injecting them with whatever drugs. Acid, to maybe? Keep, yeah, acid. <laughs> hell no. We get to this point in the story where we're sipping this delightful Hall of Cerberus, absolutely great beer. God, and I
0: would say that Dr. Masali probably ended up in hell. Talking. If there is
1: a heaven and a hell, he got to the gates and Cerberus went, "Oh yeah, come on in." Yeah. I'm not I'm not stopping you. Cerberus was just stepped aside, said, "Gates are wide open for you, buddy. Aldama's waiting in there for you. You guys got front row seats to the show." And yeah. hopefully, you know, poor Elmer was in, in a better place. Where, Absolutely, where he's like appreciated and
0: well. Even that and, gypsy woman, she was clearly mad and sent there to, for them to take care of her. And eventually, she just gets killed because of what's uh, going she, on. Yeah, a
1: sick person yeah. that needed help.
0: So, let me ask you, what your would you recommend this movie? And your thoughts and your takeaways it's, from this? It's movie?
1: this is a, this was a tough movie. The story for a, a short movie, it was very kind of plotting and convoluted. I thought visually there are some very cool things to be had. One thing I will say is the the struggle as far as like whether I'd recommend it or not is accessibility because you can't find this movie. You almost have to say, I recommend it, therefore you have to buy it. And I don't know if I'd recommend it that much if you speak fluent Spanish you're good to go
0: yeah you can find it if you there, speak fluent Spanish there's it there's an archive you can find yeah, it a lot there, of there are,
1: there are some good prints out there on, yeah. online if yeah. you yeah. if you speak fluent yeah. Spanish but it's a very difficult movie to find it's kind of tough because I think there are other movies that are kind of scarier that have a lot of the qualities I like about this one visually and the stories and characters are kind of more interesting so it's like I'm totally fence sitting here and I'm like hemming and hawing so it's like Maybe, yes, no, if you want to see like a universal, the Mexican take on a universal horror story. But overall, I wasn't really that engaged.
0: I had never seen this movie until I put it on our list. I, I kind of like those old universal gothic horror movies. Love those. And this would fit right in there. The camera work, the setting, the cinematography, I was impressed with. The story is a little over dramatic. And and you point out it is a difficult mood to find. If you speak fluent Spanish, you can go to Internet Archive.
1: It's very easy to find.
0: But if you I want think to it see was it, even on Tubi. Yeah. If, yeah, it's on Tubi right now. But if you want to find the English subtitled version, your only you chance is the Casa Negra. They did a beautiful job and the DVD is full of a lot of information about the actors, the actresses. There is a film historian. His last name is Coleman. He'll run through the movie and give you a little background on the movie. But that's the only place. Now, granted, I bought the DVD. You did. When it was really cheap at oldies.com. It is hard to find now. And you're going to pay a lot of money for the DVD for this. Now, if you can't find it, I would say as a cinema fan, I always try to say it's like, hey, let's take a look at you know cinema from different areas. Mexican cinema did do a bunch of these Gothic horror movies. I might go and look at a, a couple other ones now that are far more accessible. Also they're dubbed that you could find them on Amazon Prime, like the Brainiac.
1: Like I said, if, if it was something that was on Amazon Prime yeah. or you could go punch it up on YouTube, I say, yeah, if you're a universal horror fan, give it a look. But if recommending it means you got to go buy it, yeah. I couldn't do that. While I'm not the biggest fan of it, I'm glad that I'm glad you chose it simply because it is fun. I want I don't want to just watch movies we always watch. Exactly. You know our favorites. We pick we have those. We have those. You know because we both <laughs> grew up loving movies and that, and we both love a particular style, which means a, a lot of B movies. Yeah. It is fun to get movies yeah, exactly. that we haven't seen and go. Even if I if I come away and go, I'm not going to watch that again. I watched it, and if it ever comes up, and somebody says, "Have you ever heard of this?" and I go, "Yes, yes, I have." In fact, <laughs> let, me let me tell t- you, <laughs> let me tell you about my podcast. You know, <laughs> so uh, one thing I, I think we're both in agreement on is I'm, I'd recommend Hall of Cerberus. Absolutely, one hundred percent. Wing Walker has other stuff that you are going to like. That Red Ale, I remember we both really oh, dug yeah. that. They do some excellent. Did we beers. do that
0: Red Ale for? Our last
1: October, It was Lake of Dracula, which was my choice, a horror movie from another country, and one that you didn't like. <laughs> I'm pretty sure... It goes both ways. We both pick movies. I took a gamble on that one. But
0: But it was nice to see a Japanese take on Dracula. uh, Dracula. It was interesting, yeah. So Wing Walker on two international pictures. How about that? And Shocktober.
1: That might be a theme. Like, we may be doing Wing Walker episode every Shocktober. We might. Absolutely. And the cool thing is, like I said, if this isn't your thing, if you go, I don't like spice. They've got other stuff. They've got so many different types of beer. I, I can't say enough. They're, they're, they've been super, super supportive they have. Uh, throughout as we've been doing this and getting to know them. They contributed this beer, so thank you so much, Wing Walker. Uh, like I said, we will be seeing you. Yeah. It's
0: if- October, and it's time to maybe walk down to Wing Walker and grab some of this beer. <laughs>
1: Absolutely. I mean, like I said, oftentimes after we record, before I head back to Santa Monica, I'm you know that's that's a stop I make. Just cruise in. Have a pint, see what's going on. Maybe something new is out. Because, you know, we are beer and B-movies. Bee yeah. I got to stay abreast of the of the newest things.
0: <laughs> well, I think that wraps up the episode.
1: Please like, subscribe, and comment wherever you listen. Follow
0: us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And check out our website. This is Beer and B-movies. Bee I'm Jason.
1: And I'm Michael.